Hey guys, what's up? I was recently interviewed on the Strength Coach podcast all about improving your profitability. Remember, uh, you don't get to keep all the revenue you make. Uh, You really only get to keep the profit. So if you really want to make money in this business, uh, you got to be a profit-focused business. And this podcast gives you five ways uh, to help with that. Peace. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another special edition of the Strength Coach Podcast. We do this every month with Vince Gabriel, founder of Gabriel Fitness Performance and the Fitness Business University. He helps gym owners get more clients, make more money, and have more freedom. He's the author of nine fitness-related books, including The Big Book of Marketing, He also does the Kiss Marketing Business Secrets for Gym Owners segment, although I wouldn't know it because I haven't even gotten those segments this month yet, even though I, even though I bugged him like crazy. And then he only, he repays me by, by sending me segments. And then he's like, well, I only have a certain amount of time because Anthony's really strict with the time. And that's why we call him (laughs) overtime. Vince, thanks for doing this. What's up, man? Uh, Sorry for being delinquent there on that one. Uh... Well, it is the new year. I got to give you a little slack. And I know you go, you know, a lot of people are trying to get their, get their stuff together saying, Hey, this is going to be my year. You, you just had a big mastermind. I think it was in California with, with your guys, your CEO guys. Um, and, uh, and everyone's, everyone's probably trying to get in Vince. How do I get, uh, how do I get more clients? How do I make my gym more profitable? So is that what we're going to talk about today? Yeah, that's what we're talking about today. And I was out uh, in, uh, I have two groups in the CEO mastermind. Basically, we have two groups of, of 12 gym owners in there. And we meet four times a year. And it's 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 a boardroom style, you know, um, type of meeting where they prepare probably like a 20-page document every quarter. And the document has things about their team has things about their financials. So they bring their profit and loss statement to it. They bring their biggest business challenges. They bring what their goals are. And so every quarter they're kind of redoing this, you know, um, this packet. And the way the group is structured is each person gets in front of the room, um, basically presents their packet and then, you know, gets support from the group on their challenges and and everyone reads their own. I have them bring it 12 copies. So everyone reads the document before they go. So these people that are helping the other gym owners, they're getting a lot of inside track on, on the business and what they need help with. Um, so, but the, the, the biggest thing, and it kind of is a, is a, the right lead in for the, for the topic today. But the biggest thing that they do is every quarter, right? They're doing this deep dive into their business, right? And one of the things that I have seen month after month, year after year in the people of this group, because some of the guys have been in this group um, for four years, you know, a few of them that are in the group, right? And what I'm seeing is these guys are becoming more profitable, meaning that they are making more money on the bottom line. And yes, a lot of them are growing revenue, but because we have their financials under a microscope every quarter, they're making more money, right? And, and, and the number one thing, and this isn't one of the five that I'm going to go over, but the number one thing that gyms need to become more profitable is this... Um, embracing reality right and i always talk about this as the numbers and your financials are the truth teller of your business i have i have um uh, a gym owner that he always says to me hey how are things going and he comes back i ask him how are things going and he says to me he's like i feel like things are going really well and i'll repeat the question it's like well i'm glad you're feeling good <laughs> but how's the business going Right, because it's like you can't make decisions on how your business is doing based on emotions. Right? It can't, it's not about yeah. your feelings. Like I don't care about your feelings. I care about how the business is doing. And the way you tell how the business is doing is through facts, through numbers. Right? And and yeah. and so there's two sets of numbers that are essential for every gym owner, business owner in general to be tracking and that's called 
your leading indicators, right? And your leading indicators are things that lead you down the path to have to make the money that you want. And your leading indicators are your leads, how many trials you sold, how many contracts, what your attrition is. All those need to be tracked on a weekly basis, right? And then those things lead to your lag indicators. And lag is not that it's not important. It's just, it's hard to change after the fact, but you do need to look at it, right? Um, is, and that is your financials. That's your profit and loss statement. Right. So I, I looked last week, my eyes are freaking still glazed over. I had 23 hot seats that I did where I'm reading a 20 page document of, of profit and loss financials. And I'm like, Oh man, how did I, how did I, I was like, how did I get here? <laughs> like <laughs> I used to like, you know, tell people to do Bulgarian squid spots and now I'm reading 23 profit and loss statements, you know, um, <laughs> from there. And I like, I was like, took about, but I love it. Like I, I really enjoy it because it is the way that you can really, really help people. I used to be part of a mastermind and they would get up there and be like, Oh, you know, and they would write a bunch of random stuff on the board and like, Oh, I think I need help with this. And I think I need help with that. And it's just like, it was just, it was just working in circles. Like no one actually really got to what they needed to get because there was no data to show what they needed to get. Right. Whereas this group, there's data behind it. Right. And it's, it's very, very helpful, but at the same time for gym owners, it's very, very frightening, right? Um, the, the line I always have, I have, I have, I could show you a string of text messages that um, are uh, gym grown men, grown gym owners telling me that they're having trouble sleeping the night before the first meeting because <laughs> they got to get up in front of the room and, and show their financials in front of the group. And literally the one guy, the one newest, one of our newest members, he's a fighter. And he's like, I'm more scared to go in front of the CEO mastermind than I am to uh, go in a fight. And I was like, I, I didn't understand. Like I'd much rather show my numbers, even if they're bad than getting punched in the face by some other guy. That's just me. I'm a big wimp. Right. <laughs> um, right. And so, but, but the whole thing about profit, right. And remember there, there's, there's this line and I can't remember who said this might've been, it might have been Bedros Koulian, I think I've heard him say this, but um, is that revenue feeds the ego and then profit feeds the family. Ooh. And I I was I was a very ego-driven gym owner in my early days. I was like, I wanted that million-dollar gym and drive the revenue really. And I was like, oh, profit will take care of itself. And that's that's a very, very poor mindset. It's like you shut you need to be focused on on profit because that's the money that you actually get to keep. Right. There's no there's no, but you have no business in driving a ton of revenue. Um, if and even if you are going to sell your business someday, most of the time the business is sold on you know the what is something called EBITDA, where which is essentially the profit, right? Um, so even if that, so if you have a high high revenue but a really really low profit, um, you're not going to be as happy because you're not going to make as much money. Uh, from your business. So step number one in all the, it, it, this isn't step one yet. Okay. But the, <laughs> the base of all this is we must embrace reality through looking at the numbers, through looking at your leading indicators that go to your financials. You've got to look at this. And here's the thing, what I'm saying ain't sexy. Aunt. I'm not making any, I'm not making any friends today with your listeners because some people have already turned this podcast off. Yeah. Right. There's other people that are like pushing stop. Like I listen to this idiot babble about numbers. Um, but I can't repeat and say this enough. It is the truth teller of your business. And Dan Sullivan has a line. All progress starts with the truth. So right. if we're going to make progress in our businesses, right, we have to embrace what actually is happening. And you can't do it based on your feelings or your emotions you have to do it based on what actually is happening. So that's the first piece of it. All right. Well, let's get into the five ways, the actual five ways. Now, now that we're we're bought in, Vince, the, the ones that stayed on, we know it's the numbers. We're even though we're all still scared. And I wonder if the guys, if they had really good profit, are excited to go up that more that day, that morning to say, Vince, look what I did. And instead of Oh boy, I really, uh, you know, I was charging at, I got all these expenses and Vince is going to really lay the hammer down on me. So, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. So no, and again, there's ebbs and flows. Like some people came in. I mean, during COVID, it was brutal. Like <laughs> yeah. right, during COVID, I felt so bad for the guys. So it's like uh, at one point, I was almost like, I don't even want them to see this. Um, but it was just because it was so bad. But it, everyone knew it was because of that, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, some guys get up there and they're like, man, they're like, yeah, this is like great quarter. And, and, um, but yeah, so it's, uh, it really depends <laughs> on what's going on. Um, okay. So the, so number one thing, so the, the title of this podcast is five ways to be, I think it's, uh, to, to get exact five ways to become a more profitable gym before the end of the month. So basically I'm going to present on some of the things that we have taught in this mastermind that have seen a lot of these guys, in this group go from really, really high revenues, low profit to high revenues, high profit, right? Um, so these are five levers that people can pull. Um, you're not going to be able to pull all five immediately. My advice is listen to this podcast and maybe what is the one that spoke to you? What's the one that kind of pulled on you? That's a yes, I need to do that. I need to 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 take advantage of that in my business right away. So don't try and do all five right away. Eventually, if you can do all five, it's going to be helpful. Um, but so uh the number one lever that gym owners can pull to increase their profitability of their business immediately before the end of this month is addressing their pricing strategy. And also known as how much money are you charging? So I had a call with a gym owner um, just this week, actually. Great gym owner was doing a lot of things really well. I asked him about his uh, retention rate and his retention rate was right around 3%, right? Which is really good, right? Meaning if, the, the example is if you got a hundred members, 3% is you're losing three a month, right? It's a very, very acceptable retention rate. And if anything, I think these days it's actually an excellent retention rate. I th I'm seeing trending more to four, uh, some trending up to five. If you get above five, you're going to have a tougher time on marketing to kind of reload. But he was doing a great job. All right. And so, um, and then I was like, all right, cool. Great job there. And I was like, tell me about your marketing. And he's like, oh, we're spending, you know, three grand a month on Facebook. He's spending a thousand bucks on Google. He was doing community events. He had a good flow of leads. And he had like almost 170 members. And I'm like, okay, cool. Well, like, what's the, what the profits look like? And it's like, we're actually, you know, I'm paying myself, but at the end of paying myself, we're not making any money. And so, all right, so here's the business. He's paying himself, you know, a decent salary, nothing crazy. Um, but at the end of it, he's, he's got no profit. And I'm like, okay, one thing and one thing only, and that's price. He's keeping the people he's got. Okay. He's got lead flow coming in, right? His close rate was also really good. His close rate was excellent. So how is this happening? Right? Well, the people he's bringing in aren't paying enough money. Right? And that's as simple. It's just like, I was like, dude, I was like, you're doing everything right. Everything is great. It's just like, you're going to, you're going to like be running this thing for a really long time and not make a lot of money. And he wasn't. And he got it. And so I gave him a couple options of what he could do. All right. I said, well, uh, and he had these things like he was at one point, I think he was charging like 229. And I was like, hey, there's no difference between 229 and 249. Right. So like immediately there's 30 bucks a month, right? And, you know, per person. So we moved his current prices up, right? To the, um, to the top ends of like, if it's a two, we move it to a five. Right. If it's a seven, we move it to a nine. Right. So we just move that. We change his prices. And here's the, and I've, I've talked to this before, and this is one of my favorite things to do. It's like, here's the how to guide on raise your prices on new members going forward. You ready for this? Hit? All right. Here you go. Take your notepad out. All right. Here's how to raise prices on new members going forward. Okay. Um, you open Microsoft Word, you click the document that has your price sheet in there. You go into your price sheet, you edit, you delete one number, you add another number that's higher, then you click save, then you click print, and you reprint your price sheet with the new numbers on it. And then at the next sales appointment, you present the new prices. <laughs> that's it. That's all you got to do. And wait, it's wait. Like, I, I always got to You said 
Reprint it? I missed yeah. that. But no, no. <laughs> yeah. Reprint it. And hey, hey, if you want to laminate it, you can. Right? Awesome. There you go. There you go. If you want to laminate it, I, I suggest not laminating it because you should change them again. Right? There you go. <laughs> and you're cutting into your profits with the lamination. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Very good. I didn't think of that, Anthony. And, and, and hey, th- Anthony, thank you so much for contributing to the value of the content <laughs> of this podcast by Anthony. Well, listen, yeah. uh, you know, I, I do, I will say too, we, you know, you guys can go back a couple episodes. 347.5 and Vince talked about five ways to make more money at your gym without adding new clients. And this was one of them. So yeah. that was, and you know, there are others obviously. So, um, but, but yeah, definitely. I love that. Uh, that's a good strategy, Vince. You really laid it out very clearly there. Um, so, but I took some good notes. So. Attaboy. Right. So that's the first thing he could do, right? I told him, I was like, okay, you can raise your pr- prices of the new people coming forward. And most gym owners are usually okay with that. They're like, all right, they're not freaked out by that. Um, now the next one, people get freaked out by, right? And imagine that, like you actually raise prices on your current members. And like all of a sudden the air like gets sucked out of the room and everyone like, you know, if people, people's faces turn white, it's like, I can't raise prices on my current members like that's you know they've been with me for five months how could i ever raise prices on current right and 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 at the end of the day it's it's such a uh an an emotional decision and you know i tell people to raise prices all the time and for me it's very easy because i'm not emotionally attached it's just logical right and i uh i had a full day of consulting with a gym owner from chicago uh back in september and he brought his financials and I looked at the financials and it's like, okay, we got to raise your prices. And he just turned white. He's like, I can't, I can't. These people have been like, a, a, I was like, I was like, no, you can. Okay. And if you're telling me your goals are to make more money because you got a baby on the way, right? Cause he had a baby on the way. He wanted to make more money. And I was like, all right, well, this is how you do it. And he like was having a on. We talked for like 30 minutes back and forth about, why you shouldn't do it. And then finally, I just was like, I did him it's your business to do whatever you want. And he ended up doing it. And he was like, oh, we're going to lose so many people. And he's, he ended up losing no clients at all. He raised his prices. He ended up increasing his recurring revenue by like $5,000 a month or something like that. It was crazy. And there was zero loss, right? And it was an emotional decision. And there was people that came up to him and were like, yeah, it's about time you raise your prices. Yes, Vince. That that I was gonna bring that up in a little while. I've had that in the past where people are like, yeah, you gotta raise. Like my clients have said, you need to raise these prices, man. I, you, I've been paying the same rate for five years, and so I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, and and for every like, you know, and if someone like, and we teach, we have a whole guide that we created in SPF Mastermind on how to raise your prices. And Joe Hasher, who's the head business coach at FBO, he created it, and he's a brilliant business mind and he raised his prices on members uh, right after COVID and did it in a way where he had 800 members and didn't lose one person, but did it in a way that was like, Oh man, this is like, it was a clinic. The way he structured it and the way he presented it to the members was like a clinic. And basically I said, I want you to take what you did and bottle that up and put it into a template so we can teach our guys. And he did that. And so that's what we do is we give guys that template and there's like a letter template in there and everything like that of what you should say in the letter, when you're going to raise your prices, why you're doing it. I had some dumb gym owner once say that he told me, he told his members that he was raising their prices on them because of inflation. And I about like, just like lost my, shit on this guy because he was just like that's the dumbest thing i ever heard right but you want to if you're going to do it you got to do it the right way right um now if even if you do it the right way is there a possibility of you losing people absolutely but what i've seen um is that it almost always i, I have yet to see it but someone be like i can't believe i raised my prices i can't believe i made that decision I, no one has said that to me yet uh, most people have been very happy with the success and the results. And most people text me right after thanking me, thanking me after they fought me on it, thanking me forever about doing it. Right. Um, 
So, but at the end of the day, it's it's an emotional decision, but it is price, right? Is the fastest way to become profitable. And that is a lever to pull. And it is probably the most powerful lever that a gym could pull. Okay. Now I do think that, hey, if you're going to raise prices on current members, that you probably shouldn't go from $200 to $400 a month, right? I think that's kind of probably stupid and probably greedy. And, you know, at the end of the day, you obviously can do whatever you want. Um, But we've used strategies of breaking it down to where the per session, where you you market almost like the per session rate. And some some of our guys have raised prices and basically said, yeah, it's going to be another $1.79 a session. Yeah. Right. And so it's like, okay, are they going to complain about a dollar in 79 cents? Right. Yeah. To them. And, and, and the last thing I'll say on this is price raises should not be looked at in the short term. Meaning if I raise my prices, I'm going to increase my revenue by $3,000 a month. You should get that number, but way it should be looked at is if you increase your prices and you end up making an extra $3,000 a month of pure profit, right? Remember that, that's pure profit. So in their old model, this is, if they wanted to make $3,000 in profit, if they were running at 30% yet, they would have to make $10,000. Do you understand that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, right? And so now here's here's how we can essentially make $10,000 in revenue in one move with zero increase in expenses. Usually if you add $10,000 in revenue, you're going to have some tr- uh, increased expenses for that. This yeah. is zero increase of expenses because we're adjusting price. Yeah. So a $3,000 increase in profit is a $36,000 increase in profit over the years. Okay. And if you take 36 and you multiply it by 10 years, okay, that's $360,000 over 10-year mark. Now, if you take that 36,000 and you invest it in the market as our good friend TJ Lopez would do, (laughs) right? Then that's a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So you got to look at it on a long-term basis. I'm making this one decision today and in 10 years down the road, that one decision will turn into this. And then when I present it to people like that, usually it makes a lot more sense. Yeah. I I wanted to uh, mention, I went to a conference years ago, 20, over 20 years ago in the different industry, in in the coffee industry, actually. And they were talking about raising prices on coffee. And they said, this consultant was saying, and I thought this was brilliant. He said, listen, here's what you do. You're going to raise your price per coffee five cents this month. And then you got to make sure you're you're in line. The baristas are in. They know that you're raising the prices, and you you want feedback. So he goes, you're going to raise your prices five cents every month per cup of coffee until the baristas come back and say, all right, people are starting to complain or they're starting to notice. And I'm not saying that's deceiving, but he's right. Like you said, it was like a lot of people. It's okay. They're, they're okay with that little, those minor increases. And when you look at it like a dollar seventy nine. but I thought it was brilliant. It was like, okay, when people start complaining, like, like I have, you raise your prices $200 a month, you're going to lose some people. You're going to get some complaints, some of the people, right? But when you do those little increments of, Hey, we're raising our prices, you know, they're five cents more, everybody, no one's complaining. Yeah. Uh, but when, you know, they're, then, they're, you know, when you get up to 25 cents, a, a cup, maybe you're going to get some complaints, but I always like yeah. the way. He did that, and I thought it was a good, good. Yeah, that that is lesson. really good. And, and honestly, like it is like all of a sudden Starbucks. You know, I used to get the coffee there, and I would get like a like a I forget what like like a, like a grande, and it was like two fifty or something, and now it's like almost four dollars. Yeah, you know, it's like it's crazy, and it's just like, and you know. I mean, they don't tell anybody. They're not yeah, like, no, hey, Vince, by the way, we're raising yeah. our prices. <laughs> well, yeah, it's a little different in that you're yeah. not in a recurring – where I do like actually uh, – Panera, uh, I think, does this where there's a, a coffee membership where they have a, a one a monthly price, which it's like a ridiculously low price, and you can get coffee like all month long. Really? Um, yeah, yeah. I, I forget how much it actually is. But we'll hear the point of it is you, when do you ever just go in and get coffee? Right. If you go to Panera, 
right? You're getting coffee and then you're going to get one of those scones and you're going to get, you know, maybe a little you, sausage egg and cheese, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, so that's the whole point of it yeah. whole, from a Panera standpoint. Yeah, but, yeah, of course. Um, okay, cool. So I think we beat that up pretty good, right? We did. We beat it up really good. All right. Um, so number two is I have to give credit to one of the members uh, for this one. I don't know if you know Devin Gage, but De- Devin Gage was our SPF mastermind member of the year this past year. And he's a brilliant gym owner, someone I've worked with. I mean, I've worked with him for almost 10 years. You know, I've worked with him before he even had, you know, like a, a successful business. He was like doing in-home training when I started working with him. Um, and now he's got, you know, a 500 member gym. He opened up two satellite locations. I mean, it's killing it. Um, and, you know, I, I, I'm getting in the habit of taking all the great ideas that my clients have and stealing them. It's really nice. Um, but he has something uh, he does called the four R's, right? And basically the, the whole purpose behind this is is creating daily habits around ringing the register, right? At the end of the day, the gym owner is responsible for ringing the register, right? And the gym owner is responsible for making sure that the right amount of money comes through the door. And when you can build daily habits into your business that ring the register, um, you're going to be more profitable because you're doing these things on a consistent basis. Okay. Um, so Devin has this thing he calls the four R's. Okay. And that is he um, reaches out and tries to get one person um, that used to be a member to come in and be a member. So our first R is reactivation, right? So it's a, it's a phone call to a past member. It says, Hey, you know, how are you doing? You know, and just does this once a day, one call a day. Do they always reactivate? No, probably not. Right. The second one is he does a client reach out. Right. And a client reach out is basically a reach out to a specific member just checking it. <clears throat> How you doing, man? How are things going? How are your clients going? How's your sessions going? How's everything going you know, at home? And blah, blah, blah. So it's a client reach out. Um, the third thing is a request for a referral. Okay. So he talks to a specific member and will ask for some kind of an introduction. Um, to a specific uh, member. And the last one is a review, right? A review, which will drive Google review, you know, that type of thing. Google review is probably the one I would do most, right? But the whole point of it is that there's activity being done on a daily basis that moves the needle for the business, right? So we're getting referrals. And again, it's not to say that that it happens every time. It's not to say that every phone call that he calls for a review that they get a review. It's about the habit of doing this on a consistent basis. And this does not take a long time if you think about it, right? But the purpose behind this is building as the owner, um, building daily habits around your business that are going to help ring the register. Um, and I think that more, uh, enough people don't focus on this. They focus on, you know, a lot of busy work and a lot of things like it's like, but no, what, what is the work that actually is going to make an impact? What is the high value work that needs to be done in the business? And this is taking four things that are high value work, building a habit around it, right. And doing it consistently. And when you do this stuff consistently, and that's probably why Devin is just absolutely killing it right now, because he practices habits um, like this. So this is like a very tactical thing to do, right? It's yeah. a very ta- tactical, whereas this pricing was a little more strategic. This is more of a tactical one for your listeners to go and say, hey, just just do this, man. Just just, I, just do this. I really like it because a lot of times when we we've we've heard some of these things before, but it's like... Okay, I want you to reach out to all your old members and you're thinking it's almost like the big to-do list. Like, oh, I got 30 old members and I got to call them all day. This is like one a day. I love it. It's like picking a member. Hey, reaching out. Boom. Picking one member to instead of this, you know, group email or, you know, this whole. I love this, that it's like this really personal and specific action step. Great job. So there's there's a uh, there's a quick story around this of um, there's a there's a very famous copywriter named John Carlton who tells a similar story like this and he 
I call it ring the register, right? When you're doing things that are going to ring the register. And I'm hoping the your listeners get this. Maybe the 20-year-olds don't know what a register is. But a register was these things that were behind the counter of shops and things like that. And they held the cash, right? And the ring in the register, when they would open, they would push a button, it would ring and then ring the register, right? Okay. Um, but Carlton uh, calls it Operation Money Suck. And he writes about it in his books. And basically, he tells this story. Of they, were, they were copywriters. So copywriters make money when they write words, right? And he tells a story about he's sitting down with this guy named Gary Halbert, who's another famous copywriter. And if anyone that understands marketing and knows marketing, they know who these two guys are. Uh, if you don't and you want to understand marketing, you need to know who these two guys are. Gary Halbert and John Carlton, right? And they're sitting down in the room and they're in the upper office and they're sitting down. They're about to write copy because that's the thing that brings in the money for these guys, right? So this is the four R's for these guys, writing words that sell. And all of a sudden there's a knock on the door and it's one of his assistants. Halbert had like three assistants, right? And assistant knocks on the door and she's like yelling behind the door and she's saying, uh, there's something wrong uh, with the copier and we have to get these uh, proposals out. And if we don't get these proposals out, we're going to lose this contract and blah, blah, blah. And he opens the door and he shoes her out the door um, and closes the door and goes back in and writes copy. And then another knock on the door, the second receptionist comes in and she goes, the landlord's on his way up. He's pissed right now. There's something that you did in the parking lot that he's mad about. He wants to talk to you immediately. Okay. And he ushers her out the door as well. And a third <laughs> receptionist comes up and basically says, you're behind on these bills right now. There's a water heaters. They're like, let's, uh, and she's like song and dance. Same thing. Ushers her out the door. And he's, Halbert sits down and he's like, all right. Let's sit down and make some money, right? And Carlton's like, "What the hell's going on here?" Like it was, it was like it's a brilliant story, but it's like he was focused. He was focused on all that other stuff can wait, yeah, right. But the money yeah. can't wait. Like, yeah, we got to sit down and we got to do the work. So the point is, you got to prioritize. If you're going to do the four hours, like Devin Gage, you, you got to prioritize this stuff. Like you can't be screwing around on social media, right? And prioritizing jerking around on social media over your four R's, right? Over calling a client and asking for a referral, over calling a client, right? You just, you, you have to like create what is the high value work that you need to do. And then you need to make sure that that work becomes more important than all the other work that you do. And when you can prioritize, so it's not just about doing it. It's about making sure you're doing it with energy and with gusto and, you're doing it in a way that's going to help you get results and not being distracted by all the minutia. Because there's like, I mean, they're putting out fires, right? There's a couple guys in CEOs that I'm spending in some of them, you know, and somebody said that. And if he's listening to this, he'll know who I'm talking about, right? But he's like, I spend too much time putting out fires. Yeah, you do. You got to stop that. You got to stop putting out fires and just like let the fires, like just let it burn a little bit, a little bit. All right, let it burn. It's not going to bring the house down. Go do the work that matters. Identify the work that matters. Go do the work that matters and be okay letting other stuff go. So that's number two. Love it. All right. Um, number three uh, is your emphasis and focus on capacity. Um, this is brilliant. So I had a gym owner in this past CEO group and he was a new member of the group. So he wasn't yet indoctrinated into our world yet about running profit, high profit. Okay. And he gets up there and he's got a goal to make 60 K a month. I think he was at 30 K. So that's my goal to show 60 K a month at 20% margins. And I'm like, all right, cool. That's you know, good man. That's a 12 K take home. He didn't say that. He just said 60K. <laughs> All right. So like, this is like bookmark that thought, right? Bookmark that thought. And he's getting up there and I was like, okay, well, it's the plan to get to 60K. And he's like, I want to triple the amount of one-on-one -on -one clients I'm doing. And he wanted to go from like 30 one-on-one -on -one clients to like 80, 70 or 80 one-on-one -on -one clients. And that number would get him to 60K 
right? And he said he would think he, in order to get the 60K, adding those one-on-one clients, he would run at about 20%. So again, $12,000 take-home pay. And so I was like, okay. And it, just the thought of 70 one-on-one clients is exhausting to me, right? It's like, I hear that and I'm just like, oh, I can't, like, like, that sounds like an awful thing to get that many clients, to manage that many trainers, doing that many sessions. It sounds like it's terrible. Um, And so me being the profit seeker I am, I said, what else you got going on? And he's like, oh, we got this thing, you know, semi-private training. And I was like, tell me about that. It's like, well, we have um, 23 sessions per week of semi-private training where we have a potential to have six spots in each one. Okay. So imagine that on the calendar, 23. Okay. I believe, I don't remember what he was paying the trainer, but he was paying a trainer for 23 hours a week to run these sessions. And I think it came to, to, I'm using raw numbers here just to kind of for that, because I don't remember the exact numbers and I almost don't want to use the exact numbers just to disclose is that Danny, even though I'm not going to mention who it is. Right. Um, but it was costing him in payroll, I don't know, like 2,500 bucks a month to service these sessions. Okay. So he's making an investment in these 23 sessions a month for semi-private. I was like, how many guys you got in that program? He's like nine. And I'm like, okay. So you are making an investment of $2,500 in payroll. And actually, the amount of money he was paying was almost exactly identical to the amount of money he was making. So he's breaking even on the deal. Okay, now that was never mentioned by him. Here, but we want one on one, one on one, one on one. We're one on one, we're one on one, right? And I look at this as like, here's an investment of $2,500 a month that is at one quarter capacity. Meaning we're at nine members. We could easily add 40 and generate that $12,000 a month that he wants with zero increase in expenses. Or he could add 70 one-on-one clients or add 40 more one-on-one clients and get to it in a much, much harder way. And the whole point of it is looking at your capacity and looking at what is going on in the business and where do you have room to grow in profit. And this guy had a ton of room to grow in profit based on where the, the situation was. And so now it's just like we just put a plan together. It's just like, hey, here's the plan, dude. All you got to do is get 30 more members to do your semi private. And you can get to this $12,000 a month with zero increase in expenses. And you'll probably get there a lot easier and a lot smoother and you won't have as much payroll and you won't have as many headaches. It's just like, this is it. But he just wasn't looking at it. Right. And so there's simple moves that people can make in their capacity. Right. And really the first thing you need to do is look at it. Look at where you have capacity. You know, are you doing four people and could you do six? Are you doing three people a session? Could you do four? Are, right? Are you? Do you have sixteen people in your large group, and could you do twenty-four easily? Right. Um, but the big thing you, people need to start doing to look at their business from a capacity standpoint and measuring that on a monthly basis, measuring what was our capacity, what was the average number of people that came and showed up. If we have a slot, if we have six potential spots, on an average, how many people came? Well, on average, it was fifty percent. Well, you have fifty percent more capacity. That you potentially could add. This, this is a there's a hotel. I can't remember which hotel this was, but the hotel um, has uh, I, I forget what, what they called it. It was a very dark metric, but they would look at every night of the rooms they didn't um, rent, uh, of the rooms they didn't sell. Um, they would look at the amount total, the amount of money that that equated to. And they would basically say they they lost that much money. <laughs> so, like, imagine you got a fifty, a hundred room hotel that has fifty available rooms, and they multiply the room rate times fifty. Like, that's how much money we lost 
<laughs> I mean, that's like Jeez. talk about yeah, talk about like depression, yeah. right? But so, but honestly, but it's a it's a it's a, and I'm not saying gym owners should do that. But if hey, if you do look at it on a, like like what what are you leaving on the table? If we're at, if we can have six and on average we're at three, technically you're you're leaving on the table three spots every session, right? And so like if you want to be more profitable, you improve that, right? And that we're talking about improving profitability. Right, because they profit. If you improve the capacity, that it 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 improves without increasing expenses, and that's really what profitability is. Is is how can you raise the amount of profit that you're making with not increasing expenses? Yeah. Awesome. So that's number. It's kind three. of funny that he wouldn't have looked at that like nine people. I'd have been embarrassed to be like, yeah, I only got nine people in there, Vince. So well, I'm trying to do one on one. Yeah, because he was he identified with one on one. It was his thing. That was their specialty in bread and butter. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, even sometimes you got to do what is going to be best for the business and not what you like. Yeah. Uh, okay. Number four is I've talked about this before, but um you need to have a very, very sound nurturing system um, to be more profitable because I believe so much money is left on the table through people that have bad follow-up systems. And if you just improve the way that you did follow-up, you would become a much more profitable business. Um Number one is there's really two forms of follow-up. There's short-term follow-up and there's long-term follow-up. Both are important, okay? Um, short-term follow-up is the most important thing about short-term follow-up is speed. And we have a lot of people that says, yeah, you know, we were using the automations and as soon as they opt in, there's automations that are going out and everything like that. And I'm like, okay, great. That's good. Um, I was like, well, are you picking up the phone and calling people? And they're like, no. Like, well, there you go. Like just if someone opts into your website, I don't think people understand the amount of urgency when someone opts in. I tell this story. I think I've told the story here before, but I have this story that I tell about the, I'm sitting on my front porch and my neighbor, he's like a real savvy finance guy. You know, he's a CFO for a major company and he, um, uh, solar panels on his roof. So I'm sitting out there one morning reading a book. You know, listen, drink coffee. And I'm like, look, on, let's see what this solar panel thing's all about. And I Google solar panels and I opt in for like some special report for solar panels. And that day I was like, I was like interested, right? I wanted to talk to somebody about solar panels and I wanted to see how much it was going to save me. And um, three days later, I get a call from a guy that said, hey, you know, I heard you're interested in solar panels. I'd love to set up a time to chat with you. And that waved bye-bye three days ago. I was over it. I was on to the next thing. <laughs> I didn't want to think about solar panels. I haven't wanted to think about solar panels. Now, there probably yeah. will be a time that I will want to bring, open up that conversation. But it that window closed. Um, no, I am, I, I, I'm talking to him that day. Right. I'm talking to him that day, but it wasn't, it wasn't happening three days later. And so I think that people got to understand is that speed is key in follow-up. But the second thing is, and there's a, there's a study done in the data handling inquiry service that Dean Jackson always talks about. And it basically said that um, they did this poll of this massive uh, data of, uh, of people that opted in for things. And they basically came to the conclusion that out of, 100 people that opt in for something, 50% will will buy, okay? Um, But only 15% of the 50 that buy will buy in the first 100 days. So that leaves us 85% that buy in the next 100 weeks. Wow. Right? And so we should have systems to get that 15%. But we need better systems for the 85% because they're going to buy. We just don't know when. And they're going to go buy over a 100-month um, period. Yeah. So it's 100. So, so if you could just remember 100 days, 100 months. 15% 100 days, 
right? Uh, is it 100? Wait, 100, 100 months? Yeah. 100 weeks, right. probably, right? 100 weeks. Sorry, yeah, 100 weeks. Yeah, I was like, I was like 100 months yeah. sounds like a long time. It's 100, <laughs> it's 100 weeks, right? 100 weeks. Um, so, yeah. I mean, it's it's pretty uh, it's pretty crazy. I think that's what it is. hundred hundred weeks. Yeah, it's uh, gotta be. It's I, gotta I, we, be. I mean, that's yeah. Well, you can have your people fact check that. You can have your yes. people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, but that's it. So, so it's a, there's a it's a, a really a, a profitable business is going to have really good follow up systems, right? Short term and long term. Okay. And um, the last one is just clarity. You know, I talked about in the very beginning of clarity on the numbers in general, but this, the last one is just very clear clarity on your expenses, right? Um, and Mike Waldron, who owns Carmel Valley, who's the CFO for me and many of the top gym owners in America, he's literally like the ace in the hole for many of us uh, in terms of monitoring money. He has us break down our expenses. There's three main categories for expenses, right? There's variable expenses, there's fixed expenses, and then there's payroll. Right. Um, and obviously your fixed expenses are things that don't change, right? That's your rent, that's your bills and all the things like that. Your variable expenses are, you know, you going out to dinner and you, you know, marketing and those, those types of things. And your payroll is what you pay out in, in your staff. And what you want to do is have clarity around one, what are those three numbers? Right. But two, commit to some sort of a budget for those numbers, meaning that if you can say, all right, I know every month on average, roughly, I'm going to spend 20 grand in payroll. I'm going to spend 10 grand in variable costs and I'm going to spend 20 grand in fixed costs. Like there's your expense structure. It's 50 grand. Right. You know that you're going to, in order for this business to run well and provide a good service, you're spending 50 grand a month. Right. And then there's clarity around that. And now your revenue, everything that exceeds that 50 grand, right, is what is designed as profit. So the last piece is just a very clear, clear clarity on how much money that you're spending. And obviously, as you grow a lot, right, you're, there will be increases in payroll and things like that. But if you're really clear on it, you're like, hey, how, how can I not increase payroll? But increase revenue. And that goes back to point number three in capacity, where it's like, all right, let's keep our payroll the same. Let's keep yeah. our payroll exactly the same. Right. But you got to have some clarity around that number. So those are kind of the five. And I know I went longer on some than the other, um, but those are kind of the five um, levers to pull so guys can, you know, um, build a more profitable business. Great that you got a lot of revenue, but at the end of the day, you want to have a more profitable business because that's the money you're going to be able to keep at the end of the day. So that's my story and I'm sticking to it. Love it. Awesome. Uh, Vince, one quick question on the nurturing system follow-ups. Um, that includes kind of Keeping your email list warm too, right? I mean, right. is that another piece of it for a lot of people that say like in terms of uh, if, if they have some opt-ins or, um, and, and and I remember a long time ago, you were talking about having, when you guys did a, like a 30 day um, trial, you had a person specifically checking in dedicated to those trial members, et cetera. It, can you just like, before you go expand a little bit on what you mean by the nurturing as well? Yeah. So, you know, you're hitting the nail on the head with email. That is the best way uh, to do it. I, I think it's, uh, some, uh, we had a question in our group um, and he said, I heard some email guru said that the sweet spot of of, of emailing your list is once a week, which I think is a bunch of hogwash. And honestly, it really depends on the relationship with your list and everything like that. Um, I, I do believe that if we're going to create a sweet spot, I would probably say the sweet spots three times a week, right. In terms of, you know, and obviously, you know, providing valuable content and valuable, you know, things that people can, get value from that they're not like oh this guy's trying to just sell me another challenge right um so in terms of long-term follow-up i believe you're 100 hit the nail on the head 
uh, three time a week email is like a good sweet spot for that. But then periodic phone calls, like maybe, maybe, hey, maybe every you know quarter you're getting on and you're calling the people that opted in for something that say, hey, you know, three months ago you you opted in for this. We're just checking back with you and want to see how you do it. And that could be one of your you know four R's that you you do with Devin, right? Um, that that we talked about earlier. Uh, yeah. In terms of the um, follow up in internally, um, it's probably. Vince, I lost you there. You froze up. Almost like get them, getting them to drink the Kool Aid, if you will, right? Getting them to be engaged in what's why should they stay at this gym, right? In combination with uh, individual reach out, right? Hey, just want to check in with you and see and how it's going. So it's like uh, there's two forms: it's automation, and then there's manual follow up, checking in with them um, with a clearly in a trial period with a clearly defined date to meet with them again to talk about membership. That's an important one. Uh, some people will opt to sell a membership right away. I know a lot of people have gone away from the trials um, and just sold them memberships right away. I think it really matters on your strategy. Um, you know, I don't think that, you know, I, I see success in both. Um, so it's really what you're most comfortable with in selling. I think sometimes it's easier to sell a trial than it is to sell a full membership right away. Um, but if you're a highly skilled salesperson and you can sell a full membership right away, it. if you've got your trainer doing sales for you and they're not skilled at sales, maybe they need to sell them a trial and let the, um, the training do the talking, like let the, let the experience do the selling. Yeah. Um, so that's my answer to that. Good stuff. All right. Excellent. So there you have it. Five ways to become a more profitable gym before the end of this month. Checking in on our big five here, addressing price and strategy. The four R's, which I absolutely love, ringing the, ringing the cash register, focus on capacity, having a nurturing system, follow-ups, and some clarity on expenses. So Vince, thanks so much for coming on and and uh, doing this again and hopefully you're going to go back right now and uh send me some segments <laughs> maybe if you ask nicely keep them under five um, minutes too um yes and then uh for those listening to this because i think you'll be releasing this at a point in time we are doing a full two plus hour master class on marketing and sales, um, if they just go to vincesmasterclass.com, they can register for free. Um, so if they like this podcast and they kind of want more, um, I'll be doing a live training um, on the weekends. I think it's January 28th and 29th. Uh, I think that's it. January 28th and 29th. Yep. Saturday, Sunday, uh, vincesmasterclass.com. They register for free there. All right, good stuff, Vince. We will talk to you next time. Peace.